Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. The music in the background. Okay, listen, I've been getting some comments on Instagram, which I totally love. And people are saying, man, this song is like so serious and it's not fun. I know you guys, listen, this is a song written by my friend. I think I've told you this by my friend, Seth Creekmore. It's called Precipice and it actually goes along with Remember God. And so it is a partner with Remember God and it will be our background music just because it goes with the new book um, until we switch for our Christmas music. And so it'll be just be the next couple of weeks that this will be our music, but you should go and check out that song. It's everywhere that you can get music, stream it or buy it. And it's just a really beautiful song, especially if you've read Remember God and you can sit and listen to the lyrics and and really experience the song. I think you're going to love it. Speaking of books releasing, thank you guys for buying Remember God and reading it. And if you loved it, make sure you leave a review. If you didn't, as Cameron Strang always says on the Relevant Podcast, keep it to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not the boss of you. But um, if you think of someone that you think could benefit from hearing the story of Remember God, would you get them a copy and spread it around? That would mean the world to me. And um, help us reach the goal of making sure that people that can get to me and people that we can get to know that God is who he says he is. Today on the show is another author who had a book released this week, my friend Luke Norsworthy. For starters, he has a podcast. You may remember we did two shows together last fall, and I was on his show this week as well. So you can go look up Newsworthy with Norsworthy. And I went to Austin this weekend and hung out with Luke and his family. Hi, Lindsay and Avery and Adeline and Audrey. I love you guys. And I got to hang out with them all weekend. And we did a live event and we recorded it. And that is the podcast you can hear over on Luke's show, Newsworthy with Norsworthy. And then that Saturday morning, Luke and I sat down in his living room before the Texas game started and chatted about his new book, God Over Good, that I think you guys are going to love. Also, the girls pop in. You're going to, it's it's a super sweet uh, conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So in just a minute, I'm going to tell you about my friends over at Prep Dish. But first, here is part of my conversation with Luke Norsworthy. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> are we going? Are we yeah, rolling? We're going. Happy Saturday. And happy Saturday to let's, you as well. Let's draw a picture for people. Draw a picture. In their minds of what we're doing. With words. We're both in our orange. Burnt orange. Is that what it's called? Burnt orange. Burnt orange. And what's the actual hashtag? Hook'em horns? Hook'em horns. Hook'em. 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 That's all you had to say. It's just oh. condensed to simply hook'em. Okay. Okay. Because today, when we're recording, this is coming out on Thursday, but we're recording on the Saturday before that because I'm in Texas at your house. Yes. yes. With your family. And you just ate a taco in one bite. That's a lie, but sure. <laughs> well, why you did though? How often do y'all eat taco breakfast tacos in this family? Not enough. Not enough. I typically eat the very same thing for breakfast every day, but when I like to treat myself. What's the very same thing you eat every day? Protein shake. Do you want the full? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Start at the beginning. Um, this is when I uh, ostracize myself from all your listeners because at this point they'll stop liking me. I feel okay, like for the see. first part of the conversation, they liked me, and now it's going to go downhill. Oh, first wow. thing I do is when I wake up, I go eat two handfuls of spinach. What? Just yeah. straight? Just spi- yeah, because everything from there gets better. Like if you start okay. your day the worst thing you're going to eat, everything else is better. What's the purpose of the spinach like that? Um, raw? You just get out of the fridge and eat it raw? Yeah, because okay. you, know, you need to eat green. Greens are good for you. And so, uh, so get some greens. And, and two I, handfuls is enough to give you a certain amount. I'm really trying to learn here. Two okay, handfuls so, is enough. Okay, so I'll do that and I'll eat some almonds and then I'll drink 32 ounces of water and then I'll work out. After I work out, do a protein shake. And then maybe an hour, hour and a half after that, that's my traditional breakfast that I would usually tell people about. And that that's is- That's the one you eat in the car, the bowl. Yeah, exactly. It makes your car smell funny. Yeah. And some Eggs, egg avocado. Whites, and uh, like turkey bacon and an avocado and salsa. You like two handfuls of spinach, a handful of almonds, and 32 ounces of water is how you start your morning. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. like my pre-breakfast. Okay. That feels really like, uh, you know, I'm kind of eating plant-based more mm-hmm. than and I'm not eating a lot of meat. 
And I am figuring out that I need to be more thoughtful about eating plant-based versus just like, that's not meat. I'll eat it. You know? Yeah. You got to work like, on that. Yeah. yeah like a friend yeah, of mine. I mean, you got to work to eat plant-based is what I'm saying. Again, you've got to be smart about what you're eating because mm. plant-based, if I eat corn all day, every day, I'm missing a ton of nutrients that I need. And my body is starting to reflect to me, hey, I'm not getting some certain nutrients that I, you need, yeah. like iron. And so I'm listening mm-hmm. to you. Say you eat two handfuls of spinach in the morning. Maybe I should just start pawing spinach every day. Spinach, like, but if you're going to go plant based and you're no meat, meat is still in your diet. Not really. Not I really. mean, I had eggs this morning, but with you that just mm. now and a taco. But I probably eat a, some sort of meat once a week or twice a week. Yeah. So the protein is going to be your big thing that you've got to right. make sure it's in your diet. So right. I, I and in iron my, in my office. I always have almonds and cashews just because I think they're. So I'm a paleo person. Right. So that's. Something green, something dead, and definitely no bread. That's okay. kind of my shorthand for it. Oh, okay. Trademark Luke Norsworthy. Yeah. And so if you're going to eat this way, you have to be prepared and always have stuff around you because otherwise the average meal is not going to be conducive for either what you're trying to accomplish or what I'm trying to accomplish with right. my diet. And so you have to always just be prepared and have snacks around that, that fit that. And spinach and kale and green things like that are super high in nutrients for you. Yeah. So for you too well, – here's my problem with spinach. It has those stems on it. I think those are so tastes, gross. You know what's even worse is kale. I, I, what I used to do – Kale is I, with that hard stem is terrible. I, when salads don't take that out, that makes me furious. I think kale in general. I used to try to eat – here's the, the origination of that is I used to put spinach in my eggs and I'd eat it that way. Yeah. And I was like, this tastes bad. Oh, so you'd and rather so like, just knock it out. Let's just shortcut that and just have two bad bites instead of the entire breakfast being bad. Here's what we're going to do in 2019 – Okay. We're going we're gonna to set a podcast goal, and I'm going in- to invite all my friends. Uh-huh. We're going to do two handfuls of spinach every morning of 2019. Oh, see if it changes our lives. I have a <laughs> non-named friend who's like, oh, I'm in this group, and every night we take a shot of tequila. And I'm like, I feel like that group is called like AA. Yeah. That's, that's not like a group you want to join. It's not a group so you want to join. your group is way better than my non-named friends. Yeah, group. that's not a great group. <laughs> I will pick the spinach group over any of that. I just want to see if it will help. I just know that I'm, I can tell I'm missing – I know I'm missing iron yeah. and protein. I'm just having to learn. Like I kind of thought the first couple of months, I kind of thought it just is yeah. eating vegetables. And then I, my body started – I could tell some different things and I was like, Oh, and one of my cousins is, uh, what is it called when you put needles all over your body? Um, acupuncturist. Yes. And like, uh, uh, she's super smart about all that stuff. Cause that's what she does is like naturopath stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Annie, you can't just not eat meat. You have to be super thoughtful about doing this or your body. It's not actually good for your body if you're not thoughtful. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I yeah. mean, there, there, there are athletes who've gone vegan. I actually have a friend, um, Aaron Ross, who yeah. hook him horns, hook him horns, yeah. Played in the NFL. I've heard you talk about couple him. Couple Super Bowl rings, married to Sonia Richard Ross. Yes. You know, I, I wonder if any of your listeners know who she is. She's I outstanding. Yeah, yeah, she's a track star. Yeah. Do you know how many gold medals she's won? No. Four. Oh my gosh! For real? Four gold medals. Yeah. With track and yeah. field, she is the fastest in the history of the world in the 400 meters, except for one German lady in the 1980s who's definitely on steroids. That's amazing. So she's like world record holder. Is she still running? No. She retired, had first baby, little Deucey is like two years old now. We should have her on the podcast. I think you definitely should. You've had her on your podcast, right? Yeah, she's Okay, great. we'll link to that episode, but I'll also get her on mine. That'd be fun. Okay, but- Her husband, Aaron Ross. So she eats, obviously, super clean, but uh, Ross, who is in the league, uh, is vegan. Vegetarian or something like that? Yeah. Vegeta- and so he, obviously, high-level athlete, he said he lost a few pounds of muscle mass switching over, but- he would still perform as a high-level athlete as a vegetarian. Oh. But What's the takes- guy's name that ruined my life that plays for Tom Brady? He ruined my life because of the Falcons of the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's vegan, He's right? Weird. He's just weird. super weird. Yeah. Like, Him and Giselle. I'm, if he played for the Cowboys, I would be like, you know, Tom Brady's the best thing in the world, but he doesn't. So I'm just going to say like, he's the dude. If is- he played for the Cowboys, I might actually know how the Cowboys were doing right now. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> how are they doing right now? I feel like there's – I wouldn't say it's a completely auspicious beginning to the season. Um, Why did you pick Cowboys over – My dad's from Texans. Dallas. Okay. My dad's so from I'm Dallas. Like, they're about the same distance, right? Austin's kind of – Yeah, but again, like I was born in Philadelphia, but my mm-hmm. dad, hardcore Cowboys fan. Yeah. And so I am the good son, so I chose the Cowboys. My brother, Eagles fan, bad child. Yee. But he's having a great life. I actually had a line – 
in my book about my brother likes suffering, which is why I chose to be an Eagles fan. And then they win the Super Bowl after. And my editor's like, uh, Luke, would you like to We're gonna take, take that, that out? out? And I was like, <laughs> it's so painful, but I had to. Uh, last but- night we were at your church and did an event celebrating because our, our book babies are twins. And this is the second part of that. It's kind of like, yes. This is- that's right. So Part everyone, two. and we're going to make sure everybody knows about that, that last week or early Monday, what day is your podcast release? Monday. Yeah, it'll be Monday. Monday. On the Monday episode, it's you and me talking at your church about God over good and uh, remember God. And then today is us doing it again. But at your church, I met your parents. It was so nice. Mm-hmm. They were so sweet. Your parents and your wife, Lindsay's parents. It was so neat to see like all y'all's people come out mm-hmm. to celebrate your book launching. They yeah I I like all of those people yeah <laughs> they played a big role in my life such as creating me big or shout creating out mom your wife yeah both yeah yeah my in laws created her how far away do your parents live I don't remember that three hours oh my gosh so they drove three hours just to see you yeah that's so nice they're still in Dallas uh no Is they live Dallas? in Abilene Abilene that's everything's right. like three hours away in Texas yeah apparently. Just for the record uh, but yeah they're in Abilene my dad. Uh, was a psychology professor at Abilene Christian University until back in May when he retired. When I hugged your father last night, I said, you're my favorite psychologist I've never met. Yeah, that's him. Because you always talk about how, how he does that. He does. He does. And I do like him. He's my favorite psychologist. Before your book came out, did you let all your, did your parents read it? Did your brother read it? Did Lindsay, I know Lindsay mm. did. Did anybody else, did you let anybody else read it? I said, dad, I need an email from you saying, I'm going to tell these stories about you. I think I talked about my dad. Uh, he had cancer a while back, and yeah. my publisher was like, you need to let get a, approval from your father for talking about his medical history. I didn't let him read the whole thing, though. Why? I just forgot to. I just didn't think about it. I should have, I guess. I, I, last night, they said that they were riding in the car together. When they ride in the car together, your mother reads it out loud to your father. Yeah. Because <laughs> you mean, haven't done your audio book yet. Yeah. You got to get that audio book out. Thank you for keep bringing that up, that no one picked up my book for audio book so You far. don't have to say that. We're just going to say, you need to do your audio book. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Edit. Yes, I cannot wait to do my audiobook because people definitely want me to do Maybe that. Maybe your mom should do your audiobook. My mom would love to do yeah. that. Yeah, but they it's it's real neat because my parents are like my biggest fans. I know, mine are and too. It's really sweet. Did I guess you let your parents read your books all beforehand? Uh, I always offer it. Yeah, I offer it to everybody who's in it and to my family. And my mom just doesn't read it usually. She, she likes to wait and read it when it's out. Really? She yeah. wants like the... Hard copy of yeah. it. Yeah. And they listened to they listened to the audio this time before because that you could get that before the book came out with Remember God and so they listened to the audio. Yeah. They were one of the six thousand people who did that beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how many codes we had. Yeah. And so, I listened to audiobook as well. Yeah, you did. That was I nice did. of you. Yeah. Uh, I thought that is I mean, it's fun because it's just like an extended podcast <laughs> with no guest. <laughs> and you, we should have had guests. But you read it, you're not like just reading it cold like you're performing it. Yeah. You cried three times in it. I did. And and you were great. Like you actually, yeah. I mean, obviously you know how to talk in a microphone. And yeah. so that there's thank a you. skill there. But also like I felt like I felt your heart in it. Yeah. And thank you. I felt like it wasn't just some, because when you write a, a book, I, obviously this one was written much closer to the like published time than, yeah, than many than of your usual. books. Yeah, yeah. But you were in it still. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, this is. Oh, it's the first time I had read it since we'd finished writing it. Hmm. Was when I read it out loud on the on the audio book. <laughs> were you surprised that you cried? No, because I cried when I did Looking for Lovely too. Really? Um, yeah, just because I I still feel all those things most of the time. It's one of the reasons I don't. I've read Looking for Lovely a lot more after it published than I think I'll read Remember God. Like I kept Looking for Lovely on my bedside table for a while and just like flipped through because so many of the stories and Looking for Lovely. Once you get through the pain part, are just really beautiful stories of God showing me how he was in my everyday. And so I loved reviewing those stories. Really? Yeah. And and I don't feel that yet about Remember God. I'm really? grateful for it, but I don't I'm not ready to flip through it and casually land on a page somewhere. Huh. I'm grateful for it. And how many how many books of mine have you read? <laughs> One. Okay, good. So but I have hundred percent attendance. How many have you written? Okay, stop. Like <laughs> let's edit that back. How many books of mine have you read? One. I have read one of yours as well. Okay, so, good. Even Stevens. But I mean, Hundred Days to Brave. I mean, that's a great book. Sure, it's not written the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's not it. a, so it's a traditional de- book. Yeah, it's a devotional. So I was listening to audiobook, and I was going, "I'm, I'm so proud of Annie because oh, I met you God. as just like a person. Yeah, like, you like to say in real life. Yes, and I didn't. 
So I knew that you had a podcast. I've seen your, oh, that sounds fun. I'm like, oh, that girl must be a seven. Like I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I ordered books of yours for youth group kids. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. But I didn't like, I didn't know you as a speaker. I didn't know you right. as a writer. And saw so you at the If Gather- at Gathering with uh, Adeline went with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, Annie's good at this. Like, you're a good speaker. <laughs> like, there's a reason all my friends are like, hey, can uh, I want to be friends with Annie. Can you make that happen? Uh, so, oh, that's why. And then I'm reading your book. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like, that oh, was, thanks, I, I would have read that book even if we weren't friends. Yeah. Because you, you. you're telling a story. You're being authentic. I love, like, the quirky little details you put in there. I'm, I, I like to open my windows every morning and do this. And yeah. I sit in my chair and it's got this print on it. And I'm like, I love that random stuff. Like, I really like I that because it gives us, it gives us like texture to who you are. Yeah. Oh, you're really kind. Thank you. It is fun. I mean, it, it's fun when you're real life friends. I mean, you've, you're experiencing this now too with God over good, but it's fun when your real life friends see this, the side of you that they don't see otherwise, you know, like, yeah. it, like, it's just one of the gifts of being an author is that we get to let people into our brains. Was that scary for you? That, that's always scary for me as a seven. Was it scary for you to give people access to what they didn't have to know another way? Not in the time because I wasn't thinking people are actually going to read this. Really? Cause oh, remember, yeah, because you started writing I'm before it was ever writing a to write Because I, yeah. I was going to be a writer, not to be a published author. Mm-hmm. And after I was like, oh, the book's done great. And then I was like, uh, I don't know if this is about a seven, but like I'm really excited. And then it gets here. I'm like, oh yeah, there's other stuff that's going to happen with along with the like, oh, this could be cool. And then it's like the consequence, like the weight of it like shows up late. Mm-hmm. And so I always am telling myself like this is my spiritual formation is going like pull the weight up right now. Yeah. Right. So, so it's going to be a bigger deal than I'm going to make it out to be. So I can, I've jumped into some things that people are like, wow, that's a pretty big deal. And yeah. I really think of how much it's going to cost me. Yeah. And so I'm learning like do that more now. But with the writing process, as it got closer, I was thinking, oh, I put a lot of this stuff out there. Like I put a lot of my issues out there and yeah. like the vulnerability hangover yeah. was a very, I mean, I told thing. you when I read it last fall, I read a version of your book last fall and I cried on the airplane. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so personal for Luke to really say like, I just got to a place where I wasn't sure if this was going to be it for me, yeah, you know, that I, that, that the pain maybe was more than I'd signed up for. What, if I can follow up on that, what made you cry? Like the, I remember the page. I mean, I remember where I was sitting. I remember the page and I had to stop. I don't remember what it was that you exactly said, but I remember what the page is in the, in the version you gave me. It was like one third of the way through. Cause you didn't put page numbers on it. I, again, such this is why amateur hour. Whatever. Leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, I remember being like, what if I drop this? Okay, I will I never that, know right. how to read this. Hey, just remember, you have a USB microphone for your podcast. I do have Don't a USB microphone. Me. What is this that we're using? What am I supposed to have? This is a grown-up microphone. Called a what? A Sure. Short, like 7MB. Okay. It's what our friends at like Hillsong use when they like, when they did, one of my friends filmed the video they did over on the Sea of Galilee, where they filmed yeah, oceans yeah, yeah. on on the Sea of Galilee. Ocean, I've seen it. Yeah, which is like ocean. I ocean. hate that song. Do you know that about me? You're you're going to hell. <laughs> like you can't you can't be a Christian and not like a you you probably dislike that it's like overplayed or you just generally um, I think that Joel people Houston. sing it and don't actually live it. So it's not the song I don't like. I I love Hillsong songs. I don't like that people will sing. Well, here's the story. A few years ago, I was at a teen girl conference when I, that was what I did probably five years ago. Mm -hmm. And these girls were singing it like hands in the air, like meaning every word of it. Take me where past my trust borders and, you know, and then at dinner that night, there was a girl sitting by herself and no one would go sit with her. And I was like, y'all are full of it. I was like, you don't, you don't actually mean what you sing. And I said it from stage. I was like, let me tell you what I just saw at dinner. I just saw y'all not at all do what you say. And so just don't sing it. If you're not going to do it, just don't sing it. And so that song always feels like the one that people will like super sing. And like, and I still sing it sometimes when people sing it. But it has nothing to do with the song It has nothing to do with the song. That's That's right. That's as I'm hearing myself, I'm going, I don't hate the song. I do like the song. I wish when we sang songs, we meant what we sang. Well, it became a placeholder because of its popularity in the Christian culture. That's right. 
to represent the worst part of Christianity of yeah. the sort of duplicity. <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of like the hypocritical And that was stuff. hard. That made me, cause I thought you're going to tell me that you want to trust God beyond your borders and you want him to take you farther than y'all have ever gone, but you won't sit with a girl who's by herself at dinner. That's my, whenever I, Get out of I here. speak to the youths, which clearly I don't do a lot since I call them <laughs> the youths. Uh, that's, I always say that. Really? I feel like one of the most gospel things you can do is go sit with a kid in the cafeteria who has no one to sit with. That's right. So what does that look like for grownups? What would you say to a grownup? What's the comparison for us? I mean, everyone has the the leper in their community, Mm. like to go using the biblical metaphor. There's always a leper. Yeah. And it's each like subgroup has their own. It's, oh, the person who had the affair. It's the person who talked about their mental health issue. It's the person with the addiction. It's... If someone says, you know, I've got addiction, I'm, I'm drinking too much, people are like, oh my goodness. If someone says, you know, I'm a sex addict, people will be like, uh, yeah, we're going to push you away. For, right. for some communities, it's yeah. uh, someone in the LGBTQ community, for them being a part of their religious world. I, I mean, every community has their own leper in it. Yeah. And whether you're in sixth grade or 75 years old, yeah. there's someone who's eaten dinner by themselves in some way or another that exactly. we should step into. Because we're all willing to like, we think or we say we're willing if we had unlimited funds or if we're able to raise the funds, whatever. Yeah, I want to go to a foreign country and do a mission trip. And yeah, yeah. And, you, and we should. The gospel needs to go into all the world. I just saw yeah. that Jenny Allen was at this thing with all the Bible translators where they're going to try to have That's the great. Bible in every language by 2033. Rad. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Also, do you even know your neighbors? Yeah. Like, do you even, do I even know? I mean, I don't know if you've heard this episode, but I was just talking to Shannon Martin a few weeks ago and she said, if you change one person's world, you change the world. And I told her I had to meet my, across the hall neighbors yeah, yeah. because my sink flooded. And so it's been this like, oh yeah, do I even know my name? Like, I'm talking a big game on a podcast and have I even, and I haven't met the two women who are single women who live in my building. Yeah. And so I think there's a balance of, we can't talk about, you know, God needs to, or we want God to take us. I forget the lyrics. Forgive I do too. Me. Forgive me, um, Joel Houston. Um, yeah, you're uh, actually friends with Joel Houston. He might. Disfriend But he me. does listen to my podcast every week. I'm like, Joel, I'm, quit with Joel, all the comments. Joel, down, man. Get back to work, dude. Write us some more songs that Joel. our church needs to sing. Um, but we, we can sing that song, but do we walk out and do it? I don't yeah. know. Uh, but that's part of Christianity is that we don't always live up to what we should be doing. And there's always this degree of... I'm not fully realized what I'm talking about. Mm. When I was an undergrad and I was the most confident that I had what it took to be a preacher. Yeah. When I was like 20, senior in college, uh-huh. about to like take over the world, I was preaching a little country church. In the 20, not 20, easy now, Luke, uh, in the <laughs> 17 years since then, <laughs> I've never had that sort of like sureness that I've got it all figured out. Yeah. But when I was a 20 year old senior, there was a. Also, 20-year-old senior, everybody should hear you say that because you graduated high school early because you're smart. You went to college early because you're smart. Mm, but I don't know how to put page numbers on my book. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. that smart. Street smarts, you're lacking. But <laughs> Yeah. But you know what? I can take the SAT, and that matters so much in life. It does. The Okay. The Bible professor said, if I'm only preaching what I'm living, that means I'm preaching too small of a gospel. And as oh, a 20 year old, wow. I was like, oh, that means you're not a good Christian, right? Like, you, that, that right. was the voice I used I, when I was a senior. The, the fact that Lindsay married you with that voice yeah. is yeah. is a true gospel story. Yeah. She's like, what'd you get in the SAT? And I'm like, well, I got this. And she's like, well, what did you, you get? Did you get 1600? I, I forgot. I, like, I'm the numbers aren't even the same anymore. I know. The My intern this last summer was like, I got a 400. And I'm like, they didn't even have that many points back or whatever. Right. Yeah, that, now it's like 23 or something, 2300. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Anyway, but anyway, go ahead. He got actually higher than me, but he's still an idiot because he's 19. <laughs> My right. point is, back then, like I thought I had it all figured out. And I think the wisdom of this like seasoned minister was like, we will always have a degree of duplicity. Like what I want to be is not always what's realized. Mm. And so there's a sense that Christians want to sing, but take me to where my. Faith is without borders. Well, I've got it for you. Did you pull it. up the lyrics. Yeah, everybody yeah. in the. This is the moment when people are screaming lyrics at us through the yeah. through their ears um, or through their headphones. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Exactly. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Mm-hmm. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my. But, but here's the. Grace. That's a beautiful line. It is. If you're going to sing it and actually do it, here's the grace I would want to give us: is I want to do that. I don't always do that. The good that I want to do is not the good that I always do. Yeah. That's basic, you know, Pauline theology, the book of, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring up Bring Paul. him up, I know. I'm well, getting better. I'm working on it. Why? 
You said keep that going. again. I know. Keep going on, the, and then we'll go back to Paul. But keep okay. going on what you're saying. I, I think we need to give give ourselves grace of I, I'm not always going to be the kind of follower of Jesus that I that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be grace of okay, I, I'm not that. While at the same time knowing that God is always pulling us into deeper mm. intimacy and trust in God. So there's, I think that's like the, the two sides of the coin of Christianity. That's is that really there's, There needs to be more. And that's how I used to preach. Mm-hmm. I used to preach, oh, you step up your game and be a you know, better disciple. And I don't know if it was just immaturity. But there was a sense of like, I, I've got to figure it out, so I'm going to tell everyone what to do. Mm. And honestly, I think people like that. They, they like having someone step on their toes. And so I did that in a sermon a couple of weeks ago. Well, they like being told you don't have what you want because of you. So you be better and then you can get what you want. Yeah. And that's not necessarily I, true. I know as a preacher, if I did that more, I get good response when I do that. Yeah. When I say, this is what you're doing wrong in your life. This uh-huh. is what you aren't doing right. Uh-huh. And I feel like there has to be this sort of like etiquette that I like. I have to be a judge of. You can't do that too much because there's a thing that bends our souls. Mm. And pulls us away from who God wants to be. That makes us have this like sick desire to hear that because mm-hmm. it makes us feel something. And that feeling of oh, I feel convicted means that I'm being a Christian. And like that conviction like legitimizes oh, wow. our faith. Yeah. And it's not just that. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And I feel like grace. Like I feel like that. Like mature spirituality is like God is God's love is pulling you forward, not the sense that I suck and I'm not doing a good enough job, but God's grace that says I'm loving you and you're my beloved daughter and my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's the foundation of everything. Not, you're not doing enough. So I'm just going to real quick interrupt this fun conversation and tell you about my friends over at Prep Dish. You've heard me talk about them before if you have listened to the show before, but Prep Dish is a great way to save time and be efficient in the kitchen. Eat healthy. You know me. I'm gluten-free, dairy-free. And so this is a great way to have those kind of meals that are real foods only. But you can also, if you eat dairy, if you eat gluten, if you eat all the things, they have that for you too. It's a stress-free, really tasty meals. And the owner, Allison, who I adore, is offering my friends, you guys, a free two-week trial of Prep Dish, which is awesome. You get to try it for free for two weeks. This is like a no-brainer. Just go to prepdish.com slash Annie. And if you ever need to use a code, just use my first name, A-N-N-I-E, in all caps. So PrepDish is like a meal planning service. So every week you get an email with a grocery list and a prep ahead instructions so that all of your meals are ready for the week. There's no guesswork needed. You can let PrepDish do all the planning for you. You don't even have to think about it, which is great for me because I'm just busy. It's not that I don't like cooking. I'm just busy and I have a crazy schedule and this is such a time saver for me. So after only like an hour, maybe a little bit more of prepping on the weekend, I have all my meals ready for the entire week. So um, make sure you go and try Prep Dish. I mean, why not try it for free for two weeks, right? PrepDish.com slash Annie and your first two weeks are free. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash Annie. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Tyndall Publishers. They want to make sure we all know about this amazing new book called Aching Joy. What are your prayers that God is not answering? That one thing not getting any better. In this land of unanswered prayer, we fight against despair and forced acceptance. And here, rather than trying to dodge the pain, we choose to feel it all and to see where Jesus is amid the struggle. And because we make that choice, we feel all the good that comes with it. So learn to follow God in the land of unanswered prayer by reading Aching Joy. Visit achingjoy.com to watch the video and read a free chapter. God is still in your story. Come find your joy within the aching. So we'd like to thank them for being a part of today's show. And that book is seriously in line with what we are talking about today. So here is the rest of my conversation with Luke Norsworthy. That is some of the center of God over good, right? Yeah. Is some of, is you learning that for yourself and figuring it out? Yeah. Yeah. I think in both of our books, you say in yours that you wrote yours this is unfair because you listened to mine yesterday. No, it was like three day days before, ago. Day okay, before. I also listened to it after having listened to already a second book. That's true. It oh, was really? the second book I listened to that day. I had done a live podcast and it was like one thirty. What else did you morning. listen to? I listened to, I did a uh, conversation with a guy named uh, Justin Lee. His book is about talking across the divide. Mm. It's about, um, it wasn't just about. He also wrote Torn, right? Yeah, Torn. Yeah. So it's 
Christians, LGBTQ, that sort of conversation. Yeah. Um, and great conversation with Justin. I enjoyed that. Um, all that to say. You listen to one of his books. And then you listen. I'm just saying, like, don't act like I'm just yeah. sitting at home. Like, no, oh, I'm just, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just impressed. Notes. I'm sad that I don't have more quotes in my head from God over good. Sorry. That's all right. I mean, since you didn't ask me to like put an endorsement on your book, I wanted to. <laughs> I didn't ask anybody. I didn't ask. Podcast. I didn't even ask like. Jesus. The Lord. Okay. I did ask the Lord. But your book, your book, on the cover. you talk about how you've written it like it's, uh, like it's fiction. Like there's an arc to it. Like mm-hmm. you're telling a story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your story is how do I find God? when I'm disappointed about how a couple of facets of my life didn't go the way I wanted. Yep. And so years you talk about love as one yeah. of them, uh, some career goals mm-hmm. that don't get realized. And mine, it's the same book. It's just like I have these theological, somewhat nuanced, like nerdy issues of like yeah. how to make sense of the Bible and, and, and the odyssey, God and suffering. Yeah. But both of them are about this isn't what I think God is supposed to be. And how do I work through dealing with when God's kindness isn't revealed the way I want, that's yours, mm-hmm. or God's goodness, mine, isn't revealed the way I want. Mm-hmm. And both of them, it's, it's telling the same story. Will you say the thing you said last night? Most of our friends will have listened to both of these, but will you say what you said last night that is on your Monday podcast about the difference between goodness and kindness and God? everything about God is metaphorical? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so interesting to Yeah, I, whenever we talk about God, we're talking in metaphors. And the John stuff, which is a series that you want, would you like to give the plug? Yeah, yeah. No, so no, there's no, a no. there's a no, series that John that Luke in, preached. in John's gospel. There's seven times Jesus says "I am," and they're and all that metaphors. series is insane. You preached each of those, and I listened to every one of them and loved it. We'll link to it so people can go listen. That's lovely. They're brilliant. That's lovely. Uh, thank you. Uh, but Jesus reveals who Jesus is in metaphor. Mm-hmm. God reveals who God is in metaphor. And so there's all these Why? Why don't they just why can't they just tell us who they are? Okay, in in theology there's two different traditions of how do you understand God? It's called the apophatic or cataphatic. And one is this is what is, okay? And so God will compare God's self to um all the different things. So I I'm the one who led you out of Egypt. That's yeah. the main descriptor of who God is in the Old Testament. This is what happens right before the 10 commandments. All the 10 that are told is what many of us start with when we think of the Ten Commandments. The actual text is, I'm the Lord your God who led you out of Israel. Therefore, okay, so God's- Led you out of Egypt. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, that's just an important- I mean, it's a minor difference. I'm here for you. That's that's tag team. You didn't read that version? There's there's another version. (laughs) It's the message, uh, Mm, which is like the mm. message, but all the things they they missed. You're welcome, Eugene. That's funny. You like that? Um, um, So that's like, this is who God is. There's another way of understanding God's what God isn't, like that you can't describe who God is. And I think. And bo- which is the A word and which is the C word you just said? Uh, your readers can look that up because okay. I feel like I'm now self conscious. Like, okay. I, cataphatic, I believe, is what. Ah, dang it. Can we edit this out where I get it right? Yeah. It is the. It bl- no. Yeah, you look it up on the old phone. Cataphatic is how you say that word. Yes. Okay. This is great. This is, I think it's great for our friends to hear this because this is real life. Is everyone it, doesn't know everything. Everyone I have doesn't. never heard either of those words and they're important in my faith. Yeah. Cataphatic is of the knowledge of God obtained through affirmation. Yeah. So then apophatic is what you can't say. Mm-hmm. Cataphatic theology is theology that uses positive terminology to describe or refer to the divine, specifically God. In contrast to the negative terminology used in apophatic theology to indicate what is believed the divine is not. Yeah. So, okay. So cataphatic theology is here is what God is. Apoth- no, it's apophatic not. is what apophatic God is Apophatic is what is God is not. Yeah. Okay. And, and so what that's saying is like we're having to work really hard to describe who God is. And I think the clearest picture of who God is is Jesus. If you want yeah. to know what God's like. Yes, that's what Jesus. Jesus said. Yes. If you know me, you know the Father. Yes. Right? The fullness of God, this is Ephesians, the fullness of God has been revealed in Jesus. Yeah. So everything else is like song and dance, but the literal definition of God is Jesus. Yes. And so outside of that. So that's one of the reasons we read Paul, and that's one of the reasons we read the Gospels, because if we want to see God, we can see him in Jesus. And we privilege Jesus over everything else. Jesus the first. If you want to know God's like, start there. Everything else, I think, is is more metaphor, it's, it's song and dance, where Jesus is like the literal understanding of who God is. But for us to understand God, like spirituality, it's not black and white. It's not an instruction manual. Yeah. It's, it's like this, like the, 
the lowest form of literature is like your Ikea box opens up and that falls like this 10 page document, how to put together your dresser. Right. Right. That's the lowest form of literature. The highest form is it's poetry. It's um, like you think about some of C.S. Lewis's stuff, like his yeah. great theology isn't God is this, but it's these beautiful stories. It's the screw tape letter. It's line, which in the wardrobe, like these are beautiful pictures of theology, but they're not this A plus B equals C kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think all theology is metaphorical in that mm-hmm. sense. Okay. And the, and so the difference between God being kind and God being good, there may not be a difference because we are everything we think about God is a metaphor anyway. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Is is God like benevolent for us? Is God pulling this thing forward? Yes. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. But your definition of what kindness would look like to you in the book are things that were not ever delivered to you yeah. in the time of the writing. My definitions of good were never realized. And yeah. I, I did this thing for this trailer where I went around and interviewed people and said, if yes. you were God for a day. I'm going to link to that because I want people to see that trailer. What would you do? And so there's this one uh, where I asked uh, this person, if you're God for a day, what would you do? And she's running. We're literally, she's jogging. Yeah. And you jogging, just start catching jogging. up to her. And she turns and goes, I'd bring back my dad. Yeah. And then she turns to me and goes, sorry. And because she knew like that, that, that's a heavy answer, but it's exactly right. Like, and it, she like didn't even blink. I mean, as soon as you ask her, she says it. Yeah. It's almost as if that's on the forefront of her mind. Yeah, that's right. As it would be for me. Like if my dad had passed, yeah. this girl's, this lady was my age. Yeah, she looked about our age, yeah. And if my dad was gone, first thing I'd want back is my dad. Yeah. 100%. Same. And that's not what we get. Like what we want isn't what we get. And mm-hmm. that's the thing about being a pastor is like I see so many stories of people who who didn't get what they want. Yeah. And so my daughter Audrey got sick this summer. We thought she had leukemia. We spent a couple nights on the oncology floor at Dell Children's. Just a real tough time. And it was got, really scary. Yeah. I, you FaceTimed in. I know Audrey loved that. <laughs> it was really fun. But yeah. yeah, those were a scary few days for y'all. And we got the best news possible. The bone marrow biopsy came back and said it's not leukemia. So excited. But I talked about it in a sermon a Sunday ago, yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. And in my second service, I'm preaching, and there's a guy standing in the back who 20 years ago, his four-year-old daughter was doing the same thing and got the opposite results of us. Yeah. And I go, how can I sit in the oncology phone? Oh, God's good because she's going to have leukemia. And then I go, there's my friend. Yeah. I play fantasy football with this guy. Like, his daughter didn't get that. I Mm -hmm. mean, she's healthy now and she made it, but you and I both have friends who, you made me start crying earlier this morning telling about one of your friends who doesn't get what probably he wants right now. Yeah. And then you said, I'm getting out of this. I'm, I'm getting out. My seven is getting out of this conversation. <laughs> I sit there really long. That was at least 90 you did, seconds. You did. You sat in it. Yeah, I think. So what do you think it is? Because one of the things I like to watch when I have a book come out is what are the themes of the other books that are coming out around us? Yeah. And yours is the one that's most up close to me. But also there's a couple of others. Haley Morgan, Allie Worthington, Andy Andrews, Scott Harrison, a bunch of our friends released on the same day. And, and so- Tebow. Oh yeah, Tim Tebow released right before us. And and when I look in the bigger spectrum, there is a conversation in the church happening right now about what if life isn't what you wanted it to be. Yeah. But not in like a cheerleader kind of way and like a for real, what do you do? Why why is that happening right now? Why hmm. is that a theme that's happening in the church? You think it's more now than before? Maybe I'm more attuned to it, but it sure yeah. seems like I mean, I literally had a woman walk up to me last night at your church and say, you're never going to believe this. Her husband's standing with her. She was like, thank you so much for writing Remember God because I had a book outlined called Remember God and I didn't want to write it. So I'm glad you did. Really? I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but And her husband was like, I swear it's true. You know, like she has it outlined, but it's not hers to write. And But it it is the same idea yeah. of can you remember who God is even when your circumstances don't tell you. Yeah. And I see the same theme in your book and I just see it kind of happening in culture. I wonder if it's a reaction to what's been promised us from other voices. If there's been so so much conversation uh, from people like us who've been telling people, if you follow God, then God's going to bless you and give you what you want. Mm. And if you're faithful enough, then God's going to give you the health, wealth, and 2.5 kids, and yeah. the, the SUV with the 3.1 sticker in the back with the big yeah. fence. And yeah. we realize that's, that's not life. Right. And it's... Maybe it's a reaction against this sort of just toxic Christianity yeah. that sells us lies. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I'm kind of making 
you know, the way our jobs work when you, your author hat that you wear, not your pastor hat that you wear, but if, you know, we think about 2019 and 2020 and 2021 right now. Yeah, and so exactly. we have to make decisions about it. And so I'm making some decisions about what that looks like. And what I keep saying to people is like, if I obey God, what I feel like God's directing me to, it does not mean I get what I want. Like, like there was a version of Annie that would have gone, well, if I do this, then I'm going to get eight things that I want, you know, and no way will I lose out financially and no way will I lose my house and no way will I be disappointed and no way will blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, I'm going to obey. And you know what could happen? I could lose my house. Yeah. I'm not going to lose my house. I'm not quitting my job, everyone. I'm ha- I'm keeping my job. Yeah. But that's just an example, an e- a less painful example to you. No, it's not. A, <laughs> I've had a house go in foreclosure, so I appreciate you bringing yeah. that up. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but like my first job out of school, like I, we announced the week before that my wife was expecting Avery, our first child. Yeah. And then the elders go, oh, yeah, we, we, um, we can't pay anymore. And uh, we feel like the best move is uh, for you to go find another job and – um, you know, Florida real estate market is crap and it house sits on the market for 18 months. Don't know what we're going to do. And, yeah. and they, in their defense, I think they just assumed, you know, my network would help me find something real yeah. quick and it didn't. And so my first job out of school, I'm going, all right, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm having to deal with this and, uh, not just like the financial effects of it, but like the like personal effects of like what this yeah. does to my self identity and like who I am and like the embarrassment. And I can't go, well, you know, God's always going to take care of me because God's taking care of me doesn't work the way I want. That's it. What I found is that God does take care of me. And I've never been more aware of the presence of God than I was in that suffering. And that might be something I should write another book about. I think so. Uh, Maybe so. But the lie that, you know, if I'm faithful to God, then, you know, my career is always going to be up and to the right. Yeah. A phrase I learned from my friends at uh, Catalyst. Thank you very much. And my family's always going to be healthy. I mean, that's not my reality. Yeah. It's just, it's really funny because I feel a balance of, or I feel a tension between obeying God, even if you don't get what you want. And the other tension is obeying God and believing that he takes care of you. You know, like, like I said to a friend the other day, I'm thinking about you doing these couple of things. And he was like, man, if that's obedience, I think God's really going to, he will provide for you. He will take care of you. You are going to, you know, you're going to see him pour out in just some unbelievable mm-hmm. ways. And I was like, I believe you. I don't know that's who God is. I know that he honors obedience. Like yeah. that is what he says in scripture. Also, his honoring of my obedience may not be a financial, relational, or health related gift. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it could be, I mean, and so I'm, I'm, I'm learning a new place of stepping into obedience without the caveat to myself of, I bet this is, I bet you're going to get a lot of presents in the mail because you are obeying God. And it's like, no, I, what if obedience is the big, is the greatest gift? It is. Yeah. So your word for the year was love. Yeah. Last, um, Uh, in the book. Yes. Was it love? No, it was it was bride and then bride. it was surpri- yeah, it was bride. Okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So bride is pretty straightforward of right. I, I want to be right. that. How do you balance like the gift of God is that God is present with you? It's yeah. the incarnation that yeah. God is in all things, mm-hmm. even your suffering, with I, I really want God to do this in my life. Yeah. And I feel like that's a noble it's not, hey, I want to be a millionaire. Like it's not that. It's yeah. I think it's in, in the Bible, it says it's not good for, for a man to be alone. Like that's, I know. I keep telling the Lord, wherever my man is, it is not good for him to be alone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great... How do you balance that? Of yeah. God's right, because to, then do you did I even hear the Lord? Well, right? you're more charismatic than me, he, so I'm I asking know. you on this. because I know. Gonna, I like talking to you about hearing the Lord, though, because I like your... You are a good balance for me. I have asked the Lord a lot what that was about, and I think it was about... I, so I have this weird analogy that I think I've said to you before about Oz, the Wizard of Oz about sometimes I feel like the Lord shows me Oz so that I will start walking to, on the yellow brick road towards it when he when he knows the that we have to walk that way because the road I'm actually supposed to be on is three miles toward Oz, but it is not to Oz. Huh. Does that make sense? And so I think there are times where God sets in front of me, and I'm not sure this is what happened with the bride word, but I do think there are times, every guy I date, I go, and because I'm a futurist and because I'm a seven, I go, what would this look like if this worked? But that that's dating. Like yeah, yeah, one yeah. On one. But yeah, yeah. And so in my head, I always go, okay, if the, if he's Oz, if this is Oz and this is the end of the path, I'm going to walk that way. 
Yeah. And then so far, 100% of the time, that guy is not the guy I marry. And so, but I had to walk that way in order to turn down the street that actually led me toward what God had for me. Yeah. And so for me, that particular year, that word, I think there was posturing in my heart that needed to be done in faithfulness. I also think there is a lot to what a bride does to prepare. Yeah. And there was a lot of preparation I did that year uh, for what, I, and you, this is where my charismatic side really shows out. But I mean, there was a lot of like spiritual prophetic preparation stuff I did last year to kind of go, okay, if God's doing this, then what? Yeah. If God's doing this, how do I want to handle this? And it has taught me how to live differently. Also, that word did not make sense that God didn't bring the right dude in that year. Mm. And both of those things can be true. Because yeah. I'm not going to be the one who's like, I was the bride of Christ and I knew it. <laughs> you know, like I hate when people do that. That's and, a Jesus joke that you Yeah. And hear. also, it's not my job to to defend God's name. That's but I can word. say, I'm not, I think I heard God. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I was off. And also... If I heard God and I but, but, and I followed him after that word and he didn't do what I wanted him to do, he'll make that right in my heart and everybody's heart that knows the story. Yeah. Like he, he'll, he'll, I don't have to explain him. Um, also, I'm a human who doesn't always hear things correctly. And so I'm aware of that there. So I'm reading Francis Chan's book about letters to the church. And one of the things he talks about is being so careful and so slow to say something that God said. I respect that a lot. I do too. Yeah. I don't do that because I'm not as wise as Francis Chan, but also I really think God is speaking a lot. And so I want to hear him. Yeah. And so what's your, I mean, what's I, your take on that? Okay. So you can, when, when I first did my podcast, I made a comment. This is hundreds of episodes ago, literally, I don't, five years ago. Yeah. And the comment I regret most, uh, wow, is I said, like I once on a podcast was like, hey, why can't you tell this guy? I was like, oh, I can't tell time. And I go, why? What? That's weird. How come you don't tell time? And he goes, well, I have a learning disability. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. bad. That's not the most like embarrassing thing I've ever said that I regret. I said, what the charismatics promise, the mystics deliver. And what I did in that moment was I I reduced charismatics to the name it, claim it charismatics. Yeah. Who said, well, you know, claim that God's going to give you the car. And, claim, and that's not fair. Like, that's not all charismatics. And... That's not right. But what I felt like the mystics were trying to say is that God is present in all things. Yes. And it's not just, I'm going to be faithful, therefore I'm going to get something from you. Right. Like God is not this cosmic Santa Claus that if I put in good behavior, then I'm going to get good rewards mm-hmm. on the backside of mm-hmm. it. And so that's the sort of caricature of unhealthy Christianity, which I just gave the name charismatics to. And that's yeah. not fair of me. It's disingenuous. It's, it's divisive. Not proud of that. But what I, I do believe, if I had a different placeholder for that sort of name it, claim it theology. Yeah. What that name it, claim it theology promise is an awareness of God in life. And I think the mystics Mm. deliver that, not because they're changing the situation, but they're changing your disposition towards life. Yeah, that's right. An interesting thing that keeps happening while I'm doing uh, interviews for Remember God is people keep saying, so many people think of God like a vending machine. And so many people think of God like, and I'm like, and I keep saying back to them, I don't have a single friend who's ever said to me, I thought God was a vending machine. And so I just started asking him for things and I'm not getting, I'm like, no, people say when I pray and God doesn't answer, what do I do? Yeah. That's real different. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any friends who ever went, I think God's a vending machine. Yeah. No, no. By the way, my little, (gasps) everyone's here. Can they come talk? Will you come? Will y'all come say hi in the microphone? These are my three daughters. This is my oldest daughter, Avery. Hi. And who are you? Avery. And who are you? What's your name? Come on, Audrey Podgy. Okay. Audrey is here. And then? Adeline. Adeline. Seven. Seven. <laughs> are you going to say hi now? Will you say hi? Hi. There she is. That's Audrey. Healthy little, healthy little Audrey. Audrey, little four. We were just talking about her. And girls, do you guys have fun? Yeah. What, what do you guys think about Miss Annie's book? It's, it has a nice cover. Yeah. What book yeah, do you have thanks. in your bedroom right now, Avery? Annie's. Yeah. What's the name of it? Hundred Days to Brave. To Brave. Yes. Yeah. I should know. I'm. I'm. Every time I come here, I kick Avery out of her bedroom. Yeah. And I get to sleep in it. So I last night, Avery. Last night, uh, you guys, the kids, all spent the night. The grandparents, and because we had the event. And last night, after I was asleep, I fell asleep, and I heard 
your parents walking and I woke up and freaked out because I thought I was at my house and there was a stranger in my house. And I was like, <gasps> and then I looked at the bedspread and I was like, whose bedspread is this? This is not my, bed. it's Avery's. I'm at the Norsworthy's. I'm okay. <laughs> so <laughs> she likes that. Um, okay. Luke, do I, is there anything else we need to say about God over good? Uh, I mean, I'm going to tell everybody to get it. Cause I think it's a really good, but what, how many people should buy your dad's book? Zero. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. Adeline, come on. Um, how many people should Audrey, buy daddy's how- book, Adeline? Um, one. One. Okay. How many people do you think should buy dad's book? Um, two. Two? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, guess what, girls? None of you are going to the beach ever again. So <laughs> no more vacations. <laughs> okay, just a hundred. I'm kidding, Audrey. Don't cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a million. Yeah, now that a beach is... But can we go to the um, Disneyland again if you get... A million. Mm -hmm. If a million people buy the book, then we'll go to Disneyland. Yeah! Okay, that sounds good. Y'all look cute in your shirts. Yeah, with Annie. I love it. With Annie? (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I think that's it. I think that's what's going to have to happen. Parker and Sloan. Oh, yeah, we can bring Parker and Sloan, our friends, the Hernandezes from Dallas. Hi, sis. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay, we'll all get to answer the last question then, since we're all here. Okay. Which, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having and me back. And thank you for um, writing God Over Good. It is a really important book. I feel like um, people, there are so many people of faith who need to remember so much of what you teach, and you've done it beautifully in God Over Good. Oh. And um, there are people that are that we are friends with who don't know God, that this is a really easy book to put in their hands. So. Mm. I think when people are thinking about Christmas gifts and, and thinking of their friends who don't know God, this is an easy one to go. Hey, if you're asking questions, try God over good. Mm. So, um, One more question, though. Oh, sure. As I said in the first part of this, the majority of people who say, what is so-and-so like? Or I would like to be friends with so-and-so. Of all the guests I've had, it's always about you. Like, <laughs> more than Rain Wilson, more than N.T. Wright or That's Richard impressive. Rohr or Joel Houston. N.T. Wright's Houston. helping me with Paul, by the way. No, yeah, I think I think – I'm working on it. I feel like he would help you a lot with that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you guys could like get back together. So what like what do I need to do for your listeners to actually want to be my friend? I just want This to- is it. We'll just get them to all tweet it. You remember last time? So last time your dad and I, girls, we did two podcasts, one on his show, one on my show. And then we said to anybody who listens to both, message us and we'll send you an autographed page of a book. And then we got a hundred, a lot of them. Oh, we we were we were in a bad spot, so we're not going to be able to give away pages again. But we'll just have people tell you on Instagram. And but you know, Twitter we'll give away we'll give away you. likes. Oh yeah, post <laughs> if you post about this podcast, we will like it. Oh, that's yeah. so terrible. Okay, right. so here's the last question on my podcast, Audrey. I need you for this one, Lindsay. You too. Everyone gets to answer. I wish they could see Adeline doing her cartwheels right Adeline's now. Adeline's doing great cartwheels here in yeah. the living room, and everyone, all three grownups have on burnt orange. All three children have on vineyard vines. Yeah, a white T-shirt. Here's the last question on my podcast: What sounds fun to you right now? So, Avery, what sounds fun? What's your favorite thing? Going to Disneyland. Okay, that sounds fun to you, Audrey. What sounds fun to you? Um, and um, being with my family. Being with your family. Okay, That's and a great this is, answer. This is Adeline. What sounds fun to you? Disneyland. Okay, Disneyland. Lindsay. What sounds fun to you? Texas OU game that we're about to watch. Yes, girl. There we it are is. about to watch that good save, by the way. Avery, my assistant Avery saved me from spilling my Sonic drink yeah. just now. Um, what, Luke, what sounds fun to you? Uh, I was going to actually say the OU Texas game. Uh, it's a good um, thing you are married. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens. What, and the crazy thing is the rest of the world already knows the end of the game oh. because they're listening to this on a Thursday. I ha- the rest of Texas actually right now knows what's happening in the game because it's already started. Yeah, we had to do, I have a uh, – so tomorrow – in church, I've got a, <laughs> I, I've got a clip of Texas that I'll reference uh-huh. at the beginning, and it'll be outstanding if Texas wins the game. If they lose, the intro is going to be real rough. Yeah, it's going to get it's going to get really. Um, You'll have to fix that when you come up and. Yeah, that's right. When you interview me. Yeah. Okay, what sounds fun to me? I know there's guacamole in the fridge, <sighs> and all the girls are home, and we're going to watch OU Texas. The best part about this job is the friends I've made in this job. And so this getting to be here sounds really fun to me. Yeah. Well, let me say I deeply appreciate all the help you've given me in the writing process. You've been uh, a good writing coach. (laughs) But more than that, I'm glad you're our friend. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad you're uh, an honorary member of the Norsworthy family. (gasps) Yes. A mermaid sister. A mermaid sister. That's exactly right. That's perfect.
detail. I know. I didn't have room in my suitcase. I will next time. I'm sorry. Oh, we were supposed to talk about... You couldn't bring it because you had friends in San Antonio who are yes. wicked and we were supposed yes. to... You wanted to talk about that on the podcast. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. This is the very last thing we have to do because, Luke, you and I were talking the other day on the phone and you said, oh, I just realized wicked is connected to Wizard of Oz. Do you want to know why I knew that? Is yes. because Justin Lee in his book referenced uh-huh. it. Okay. Now... So I told you you couldn't read anymore because I just need to know what else you think Wicked is about. Like, what do you think happens in Wicked as it relates to the Wizard of Oz? Because you know, there's a you know the witch is in it because she's great. Oh, you don't even know that. I knew that. I, Justin said if he was trying to like humanize the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes, and I feel like Wicked, according to Justin, is the backstory for that. Yes, and it makes her f- seem more human. Yes. In terms of your question of what did I ever think it was about? Yeah. I never spent any time thinking about it. <laughs> I literally was like, I could exist. I, do, I don't care. Uh, you just never thought about it. I, we, Lindsay and I went to our first um, – Audrey just got her UT cheerleader Oh, you look on. so cute, Audrey. Lindsay and I were in New York, and our friend Jonathan Merritt told us to go to a, uh, a Broadway play. Uh-huh. And that was like the first time we ever went to one. And what did you go see? Caribbean. Oh, the um, island. Yeah. They were just. Uh, oh, yeah. gosh. Alone on an island. No. Caribbean. I want to say cool runnings, but that's. Oh, my that's, gosh. You're not right. That's not. I'm, Breeze. Caribbean. I feel like that might be like a cologne or something. No, it's the one where you're in a circle. It's around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, hold on. I'm Googling again. Good thing we have our phones today. Yeah. Um, Audrey, why do you have a sad face? <laughs> you look so cute in your outfit. Why are you sad? Once on this island. Sure. Jonathan took me to see it as well when I was there, and it was so great. Once on an island, and you liked it, though. I, I, it was the first time I ever went to one, uh, and I felt like I was cultured. Because you of are. That. You are. It's a good one. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now you need... Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What? Nutcracker. Oh, yeah, Nutcracker. Have you never seen Nutcracker? But you have, Avery? Yeah, it's excellent. I went to see the UFC when it was in town. <laughs> Feels true. Uh, <laughs> We saw some good stand up while we were there. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's not my. Uh, okay. It's not my. Well, go-to. Wicked is the how the Wicked Witch became the Wicked Witch is the story, and that's your, like your friends or something. Yeah, like that? Jenna the Claire, Mary person. Kate. Yeah, so Jenna Claire is the Good Witch, and there's Mary a good Kate. Witch. Yeah, yeah. And you remember in Wizard of Oz, there's Glinda mm-hmm. who comes in at the very beginning in the blue dress and she's gives. The, she's the fairy that gives her the shoes. Yeah, she okay. gives Dorothy the shoes. So Mary Kate and Ashley. Kate and Jenna Claire. Okay. Jenna Claire is the good witch. Jenna Claire. Until the end. They're both in it until the end of October. They will no longer be the witches at the end of October. And that's like a big deal. Like, because you you love that stuff. Yes, I love that stuff. So, like, that's like Sonya to you. Yes. How you feel about your track star is how I feel about my Broadway stars. Yeah, okay. So, you should have my Broadway stars on your show, and I'll have (laughs) your track star on my show. That would be such an awkward conversation for me. So, um, you guys are friends with Annie, huh? (laughs) So um, you guys like to <laughs> sing and stuff. Uh, Your dad's a great interviewer. I, I could uh, I could play like the first ten seconds to uh, one song on the keyboard for him. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, you and your keyboarding. Yeah, I yeah, could do could. that. You should learn. You should learn. Oh yeah. Okay. We we're gonna have to wrap this up because everybody's getting their Texas gear on. We got to watch this game. Yeah, Annie. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Hey, my pleasure, buddy. Mutual. Okay. Um, anything we forgot to say that you need to say? Uh, Lindsay is my wife. Would you like to say anything else to close? No. Would you like to say anything to close, Avery? Do you want to tell people have a great day? Mm, have a good day. Bye. <laughs> Bye, people. <laughs>Oh, you guys, don't you love Luke and his family? Oh my gosh, they're like Luke's like our podcast brother. Last week we decided that Pastor Kevin was our podcast pastor, and now we've decided Luke is our podcast brother. So I'm just like labeling everyone. But I hope you will grab a copy of his new book, God Over Good. It's really enjoyable read. I think men and women will really like it. It's um, hardback because he's fancy, but I think you should really grab it, pick it up, and read it. And grab and remember God as well if you get a chance and haven't done that yet. And aching joy that I have here in my hand, and it just looks incredible. Jason Haig wrote it. He is a pastor in Oregon. And so I think the cover is beautiful. So I'm going to jump into this one too. Hey, if you need me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs all over the place. 
F as in fun, because I'm having a lot of it here on the podcast. If you need me, that is where you find me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the places. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. Hey, go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. And we will see you Monday, you guys, on Monday. You are going to love this episode. It is my friend Jenna Claire Moffitt and Mary Kate Morrissey, the two witches from the Broadway touring cast of Wicked. They have two weeks left on the show, and that is it. This conversation is really special. So make sure you're subscribed, and we will see you back here Monday with my two favorite witches. (laughs) Y'all have a great weekend.